You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Really hate Godwin, Dean Douglas, and the Bonnie Donna. 
I know he was very popular with the Observer readers, especially in the early years. Promoter of the year. This is international. If it's not Pena, who the hell would it be? You saying Pena? It is for the fourth year running. Shoei Baba from All Japan. Oh, I, sh- I should have known All Japan was in, in a groove at that point. It really was best Booker. Paul. Paul Heyman from the ECWs. Okay. The no. worst promotion. <laughs> I know, WCW? right? It is Dubsy Dub. Second year running. Well done, lads. <laughs> Get such a great first half too. Uh, worst feud of the year. Feud of the year. It's from America, strangely. Worst feud of the year. Um, is it WWF? It is indeed WWF. Okay. Um, it's either Taker, Taker, or Lawler, Doink. It's Lawler and Doink. Well done, mate. Um, okay. In a similar vein, worst match of the year. It's in America. Would that be the Survivor Series match that you, me, and Matthew had to sit through? Court, Royal Court versus Clowns or Us. Well done. Uh, worst television show. Worldwide? Close. WCW Saturday night. <laughs> oh, it's... What a shame. Most disgusting promotional tactic. Oh, for 94? Yeah. It's a weird one, this. Hmm. Is it pretending Taker was dead? No, it was pretending Flair was retiring. Uh, the Ric Flair retirement, apparently the most disgusting promotional tactic. Oh, they've done worse. I know, right? It must have been a quiet year. Uh, best best maneuver. This is international. Well, let's see. The Dragon Run hadn't been invented yet. Best international. Is there anything Masawa did? What would, you, what would you like to suggest from Misawa? Well, I'm close then. Maybe. Tiger Driver 91? It was the Sasuke special. Oh, <laughs> cross me up there. Worst major show. Worst uh, major th- show. This is American. It's on, it's, on the, it's on your shores. It's on our shores. Uh, worst major show. Please tell me it's Blackjack Brawl. It is the Blackjack Brawl from the yeah. UWF. What a treat. Hell yeah. Best... I, I, I have the shirt of the poster. Oh, you lucky devil. You lucky devil. I'm so proud. I wear it sometimes. Best major show. Mania 10. Super Jacob. Oh. It's the Observer, mate. Come on. Tokyo Dome gets five stars immediately. Um, Mania 10 10 had two five-star matches. I don't care. Yeah, but Tokyo Dome had 12. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The worst announcer. This broke my heart, this one, dude. It's American. It's not Monsoon, is it? It's Monsoon for the fourth year running. All right, listen, you effing observer. I'm going to tell you something right now. (laughs) (laughs) Gorilla Monsoon is a legend. You are all crippled, decrepit, lonely losers who who wouldn't know quality if it bit the acne off your face. (laughs) You will apologize to Gino, and you will do do so in perpetuity. There's just Justin Henry going straight for the prominent projection of the protuberance on that one. The the external occipital protuberance. That's the one. Best announcer. (laughs) I hope it's Monsoon, too. Um, (laughs) Sadly, it is Joey Styles. I had a feeling because Joey was kind of becoming a cult figure at that point. Uh, The rookie of the year. Oh, this is kind of a... Who is... I hope it's 911 from ECW. <laughs> it is ECW. It's Mikey Whipwreck, though. Oh, good. Mikey. I love Mikey. The most underrated. 
Right, so who in 94 was getting after everyone a possible push? Should have been pushed with, I want to say Austin. Uh, the answer is Brian Pillman. I was so close. I was in the right tag team. <laughs> the most overrated. Hogan. It is Hogan. Well done, mate. <laughs> they OD'd on Hogan in 94 against their will. Best high flyer. Sasuke or Sabu? Thunder Liger. Same people. Best brawler. <laughs> I mean, they're. I bet, I bet people in terms of being high flyers. I don't mean anything else by that. Um, don't worry. Best don't. brawler. Best brawler. Best brawler. Um, Brooklyn? No, I'm not going to say. I'd have voted Brooklyn. Cactus. Cactus Jack. Of course it is. Uh, mm. Best technical wrestler. Best technician. Brett. Benoit. Christopher I Benoit. I should have known. Most charismatic. Think back to best face. Best. Well, now it's been what? Onita? It was Onita. Mr. Charisma. Onita, <clears throat> Onita actually hasn't seen charisma. He really does. Most improved. Most improved for 1994. Razor? Diesel. Same group. Mm. Vinegar strokes now of the of the awards. Here we go. Feud of the year. Brett and Owen. Los Gringos Locos versus Triple A. Ah. Match of the year. Sean and Razor. Yeah, Radio Ten Lava Shenanigans. Easy money. The mm-hmm. best weekly TV show. So help me God if this is raw. <laughs> it was not raw. Of course it wasn't. ECW Hardcore TV. Picked up that particular award. Uh, promotion of the year. Triple A. Getting the nod. Best interview. Uh, best interview. Um, so we're talking, I guess this is best promos then. Um, Cactus. Rick Flair. I, I, I can't argue. Oh. Uh, most outstanding wrestler. <clears throat> Sabu. For the second year running, it was Kenta Kobashi. Uh, it's... Okay. And Wrestler of the Year. Wrestler of the Year for 94. God, there's a myriad you can go with here. You can go with Brett. You can go with someone from All Japan. You can go... I'm going to give you a clue. I'm, I'm going to say international. Okay. Um... <clears throat> Liger? It was... In fact, Toshiaki Kawada. Man, it's that, usually when in like a certain year they key in on one person and they like speak, and they win like ten awards and it's a lot easier to figure this stuff out. But I guess there was just like a, a gamut of emotions here. All sorts going on there. Before we get into this week's uh, episode of Raw, just going to quickly give um, Meltzer's opinions for 1995. Nostradamus Dave. For this particular bit of the Observer. (laughs) Well, I think it's going to happen. (laughs) Um, I believe in the year 2000, um, Zind, (laughs) the old Conan bit. Okay, Dave's feelings on the dub dub F in 995. My feeling 
is that the WWF will be the most adaptive to change in 1995. It has to be. Unlike in WCW, the money WWF loses right now, it comes out of Vince McMahon's pocketbook. So money losses aren't just fun and games to him, as they are with people running WCW. He obviously is very serious about his bottom line, and it must be a precarious bottom line these days, as exemplified by no revenge and no major raids in the other direction. All the rumors of WWF going to a Japanese-like system in 95, with more parity on type and clean finishes, means that top baby faces are going to have to do jobs or the system won't work. But for a Japanese system to work means WWF would have to greatly improve its house show work rate and quality of its crew overall. The United States, as it stands now, doesn't have the grassroots system of Japan or Mexico when it comes to creating new stars and giving them the necessary, necessary fundamental background. Instead, as WCW showed with Alex Wright and Jean-Paul Levesque on the last pay-per-view, promotions are so desperate to create new stars, they are pushing people well before they are ready, and it shows on these big cards. WCW won't change in 1995. Hogan is in charge. Hogan only knows 1980s American style. Ric Flair only knows it as well. In the late Hogan 1980s, American American, American world, the top face is Superman and not athletes, and he doesn't lose clean. The top heel never wins clean. Where's the heat if the heels win wins without clean? Cheating. The only problem is in 1994, no company with that attitude made a profit. So that's Dave on the, the American wrestling scene going into 95. What do you reckon? Some of that ringing true? Um, well, he obviously didn't, he, he didn't foretell what was going to happen. And I don't think anybody did going into 95 because Bischoff didn't get clearance for Nitro until May. So obviously he didn't see how things were going to turn out where, where the number two promotion by default was going to go head to head with number one on the, on the prime wrestling night and then uh, change the business forever. But I mean, who the hell did Bischoff didn't see it coming at the time of that writing. So it's uh, you can't really fault him for being wrong, can you? No, not at all. We're, you know, 95 is uncharted territory for all involved. It was a, it was a pivotal year. It was a painful year. Mm. It was an interesting year. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. And let us take a cromulent step into this horrendous year in wrestling, Justin. It is time. We can't delay it any longer. Let's begin. Hold my hand. I'm holding, mate. I'm clutching your hand so tight I can see my knuckles going blue. But we are stepping into 1995, the first Monday Night Raw of the the Anus Horribilis of the World Wrestling Federation. This is what all our dreams are built up to. Justin, over to you to guide us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Well, in fairness, this episode was taped in 1994. So we are starting out with the final pail full of bilge from that year. <laughs> This was taped on December 12th at Liberty High School in Liberty, New York, and this this encapsulates 94 and 95 almost in one almost in one 45-minute capsule. We start out with a promo from Jeff Jarrett and the Roadie. Jarrett has these incredibly garish shades on. He also is wearing two glazed donuts over his eyes. He he works in the ain't, ain't, I, ain't he great catchphrase. He's um apparently there's a CMA rep here because tonight is his singing debut. This is a big night. I know you can't, <laughs> wait. Tommy. I know you can't wait to hear Jeff Jarrett croon. I am excited, very excited. <laughs> and on commentary this week, we have Gorilla Monsoon replacing Vince because Vince is apparently um under the weather, which is probably carny for hungover. 
I mean, it was New Year's, so. And not not holy... just not just anybody replacing him, is it though? Nope, it's Gorilla Monsoon, the the person the Observer readers called the worst announcer of the year. I take incredible umbrage with it. You can all go screw. <laughs> that sucks. I hate the Observer for that. Four years in a row, Gorilla the worst. That's not true. So it's Monsoon and Sean, and holy green screen. <laughs> oh, it's bad, isn't it? Nothing like a good bad green screen, is there? No, it's it's, it's Monsoon and Sean sitting in front of the screen, and we're off to a rip roaring start for '95. It's aired on Monday, January second, so we are right at the right at the right at the very entrance of the new year. New Year's Day was just the year before. We're in college football bowl season. We're headed toward the Royal Rumble, and this is what WF has cooked up three weeks before the. First big pay-per-view of the year. We start out with a match that looked to be pretty promising. Bam Bam Bigelow into Tonka versus the team soon to be known as the Allied Powers, Lex Luger and Davey Boy Smith. On paper, it doesn't sound bad at all. Mm-mm. So Luger gets jumped before Bulldog even enters, which... Which I wrote here, Tom paid them all to prevent Bulldog's pyro. <laughs> yes! Although they still did it. I'm pretty sure they still, we still had the Rockets' red glare line. I don't, I don't think we did. Uh-huh. Just, I don't recall it. Vince. So, so it's a clothesline city on Bam Bam Luger spamming his best move. <laughs> Bulldog gets in on the act. Lots of clotheslines, I wrote. I make sure to note that because you... Because there must have been a lot of goddamn clotheslines here. Sean even points it out on commentary. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah Sean points. Sean asks, "What would Luger ask? What Luger would do if he couldn't clothesline somebody?" This <laughs> <laughs> is a nice. You can tell Sean is just in full troll mode already. Oh, he is beautifully trolling. Like he cares. <laughs> so, so the Tonga needs Luger to get the heat. We get some. Got some chops here, lots of basic wrestling. It's a very lazy heat segment here. An even lazier bear hug applied by Tatanka on Luger. And already, I spotted the continuity error, Tom. Oh? You see, while the cameras are probably doing their absolute damnedest to make sure they didn't film this part, we could see Vince sitting at ringside. (gasps) I never spied that! I did at least twice. Oh, amazing. <laughs> it's all of a sudden Vince sounds like an, an Italian from North Jersey. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, this 95. I mean, it's, it's 94, but it's also 95 because the, the show's 94. The commentary is 95. <laughs> so Luger hits a back suplex, but Bam Bam splashes him, which was like the one good spot of this match. We get the alleged hot tag of the Bulldog. I did, write, I did put a question mark after the word hot because I wasn't sure if it was a hot tag. It was a lukewarm tag. Eh, it was more tepid. It was, it was it was a room temperature tag. <laughs> Not quite frigid, but room temperature. Davey gets the power slam on the Tonga. By the way, the entire Babyface comes in and cleans house segment was like two moves. Wasn't much to it, was there? No, dude. There's no such thing. You know, keep the crowd pumped. You know, keep playing with their emotions. No, Bulldog's in. Oh, we're going to the finish. Gets him up for the power slam. Drops him. But the, but DiBiase pulls the Tonka outside. There's a brawl at ringside. Hey, it's a double count out. Who knew? Oh, first match of the year is a non-finish. Is that not a sign of things to come? 
Yes, as Sean knows, Luger has fallen short again. So, yes, we are off to a great start. We have no satisfaction as the year begins, Tommy. Is there something a bit crap, do you think, about Ted DiBiase's in-ring graphics? I feel like it's just the, the when you watch, like watching the modern stuff now, watching the Thunderdome and how like the how, how amazing the effects are, like fireworks and everything changing color. And then in 95, how you've just got one dollar just sort of projected into the middle of the wrestling ring <laughs> for well, Ted DiBiase. Well, I mean, it might be it might seem pretty uh, hokey now, but it was a bit more cutting edge for 94, I would think. I imagine it probably was, but uh, it just made me laugh. I just thought, oh, I just one tiny little dollar. Um, Anarchy Rules 99, as we're watching along on Saturday night, and me being a big ECW mark from the day. I got to say, even though I greatly enjoyed the show, a lot of it hasn't aged as well in 21 years. And uh, it's just, it happens. You know, you watch old stuff, things just don't hold up, either technologically or uh, in... In terms of prevailing attitude, think you know, attitudes change, technology changes. Some things are quaint, but you just you couldn't do them today, you know. Mm-hmm. What stood out to you from the show you watched on Saturday that didn't quite uh, hold well? Uh, well, some of the crowd chants for one thing, mm-hmm. and 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 honestly, some of the commentary, like like I, I mean, Joe Styles and Don Callis were a great team because Don Callis was just so in, so naturally antagonistic, and Styles knew how. Knew how to just respond, but like you know, annoyed anger. But it was like they use way too many insider terms. Mm-hmm. And like, while fifteen-year-old me wouldn't have minded, thirty-six-year-old me was kind of like, "All right, you're getting excessive, guys." And 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 of course, you know, the bare bones production value of, uh, of ECW that, that the younger people that watch along were, were pointing out. Like, yeah, I see it. It's it's not like indies today have like you know entrance ramps or like. Smoke machines and uh, miniature trons for guys. Not so much 99 ECW. There was no budget. No. So, yes, it's times change, and usually for the better, hopefully. Times, like plans, change. Yes. Plans um, change. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Malcolm Meltzer. <laughs> Life um, er, um, finds a way. John. <laughs> yes! First John in 95. John! <laughs> Stick Melter in Jurassic Park! With Bruce Pritchard as Nedry. Oh! Ho, ho! That, please. That'd be lovely. <laughs> Chat me up. Why'd you get eaten by a dinosaur? Ah, 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 It's just Meltzer thinking sped up. It is. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Meltzer is Goldblum. Goldblum <laughs> is Meltzer. Goldblum. Goldblum. Don't add to that. It's too, it gets too complicated. Yes. Speaking of complicated, we have the Royal Rumble report, which this is how weird 95 is. Todd Pettengill was the first person on this show that I agree with on anything other than Sean, of course. Todd shoots on the fact that that we had a double count in the the opening match. He says, you know what? I don't think anyone made a news resolution that said, I'd love to see a double count out. 
<laughs> Todd is bearing this show. Todd dropping the pipe bombs. And Todd is also sick of football. I wonder who said him that line. But Todd did get the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm sorry, stutter attack. Todd get Todd did get the Super Bowl right. He said, "Just get the 49ers the rings now," and they did. They buried the Chargers in horrific fashion in Super Bowl 29, beat them 49 to 26, one of the most one-sided Super Bowls ever. He makes a Bill Buckner reference about about the 86 World Series just to lose Boston fans. If you don't know that, look it up. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> Unless you hate Boston, in which case you'll exult when you see it. And just when I think that Todd's kind of on my good side here, he's quoting Wayne's World. Oh, this was a bit. This is all. This is him talking about um, Pamela Anderson, calling her Abraham Lincoln, referencing Wayne's World. I dropped TikTok references in Cultaholic News videos, and now I'm frightened that the videos that I have made are going to go the way of Todd Pettingill, where somebody's going to sit on a podcast in 20 years' time and go, "Oh my God, how dated is that? It's terrifying that I'm about to become the next Todd Pettingill." You want a dollar sign pyro thing? Yes. I think I need one now. <laughs> I need a dollar, dollar, dollar pyro, please. Hey, baby. I see circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> so we run down the card here. We got Diesel and Brett for the title. Okay. Razor Jarrett Intercontinental. Fine. Apparently we have an update on the match that just happened, but we'll, we'll come back to it after this report. We have Taker IRS. Bleh. We have, the, we have the Rumble entrance, Luger, Doink, Backlund, Bundy, Murdoch, Montoya, Jersey Quang, Bomb Godwin, Bulldog, Sean, Mabel Moe, Kid Holly, and two new entrants, the Bushwhackers. <laughs> Did you say Jersey Quang? Uh, I said Drosy Quang. Oh, Drosy Quang. <laughs> yes, Wasn't he a manager from WCW in the early 90s? No, that, that's a Snooky's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Quang hangs out in Seaside <laughs> Fist pumping While blowing mist God lad <laughs> and, and of course we had And of course we had the tag title tournament final We don't know who it's going to be yet Meanwhile we have Rhodey setting up a microphone in the ring We haven't uh, Did we actually update the um, Follow up on, on Todd's We have an update statement Like immediately after this Or we're just going to find out later I can't remember now. I think we find out later. Okay. Because I well, seem well, to you... remember that we kind of came back from a break and Vince, and then Gorilla sort of fills us in and goes, this match, we tried to do this match earlier and then it didn't happen, so here it is. Really? That, that is what happened? I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Because I wrote it in my notes thing. I'm like, okay, well, right, right after this report, Todd's going to throw it back to Gorilla. Gorilla's going to be like, well, we decided to uh, restart the match from earlier and maybe yeah. they did then maybe they did it's been a while since i've watched this episode so they might have done that but either way oh, what i, I love I is we blacked out <laughs> i passed out at this point <laughs> i drank too much bleach at this point and I passed out um <laughs> went blind briefly we um what we get here is get this justin it's a main event match in the main event i know so uh, we're, kind of, uh, <laughs> we're sort of turning a corner here mm, we're turning a very big corner Yes, it'll be revealed later that because that Jack Tunney, I, I guess they called him on the bat phone. He uh, he has he has ordered that the match from earlier be restarted so we can have a conclusive winner. I wish they ended in like a ring breaking out, like Braun Strowman or something. 
They asked Jack Tunney, um, <laughs> when do you want this match during the show and how much longer would you like them to fight? And he answered, further and more. <laughs> Very nice. Thanks, mate. That hurt my head trying to get my head around that. <laughs> it was a... Uh... It wasn't even tiny, it was just a tiny pull string doll. <laughs> <laughs> You're my favorite deputy. <laughs> Want to see my new Cadillac? <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a backhander in my boots. <laughs> On the take, Tony. Come to my Canada office. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Aside, there's no Canada office. <laughs> I'll take that bet. <laughs> Tony, you don't you don't say aside. You just do an aside. <laughs> Come to my Canada office. Aside, there is no Canada <laughs> office. You don't say aside, Tony. Oh god. He can't even wink convincingly. Well, let's just say this match moved me to a bigger house. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant to whisper that bit. <laughs> Tony the Clown. <laughs> well, we knew that anyway. John, you don't need to Photoshop that. <laughs> He's always been a clown to us. That's why he bought all those extra dongs because you know he wanted to be the you know the only clown. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to quarantine the competition. <laughs> Tony the Clown. So, Duke the Dumpster Jersey versus Mike Bell. This was Mike Bell, right? I did write Bell. It was Mike Bell. You are correctical. Okay, because we are recording this a little bit later than intended, so I'm just it's been a bit since I've seen it, but thankfully I, I take somewhat copious notes. I'm relearning what I watched here. Well done, mate. <laughs> it's, it's a journey, isn't it? Duke tries stealing Bret Hart's gimmick by giving his hat to a kid in the crowd. What an <laughs> honor. I just that to me, like getting Brett's glasses, that's cool. You know, getting Owen's glasses is funny because he's a baddie. Um Duke handing like the garbage man putting his hat on your head. <laughs> nah, it's you're good, you're good, mate. I don't want it. He's passing on the curse of Thorn that way. <laughs> That's it now. Is it like yeah? You put that on, and then the kid now has the curse. Yes. Now, now he has to get up on Tuesday morning and pick up garbage. <laughs> Catch Justin's trash. <clears throat> You should drink a lot of energy drinks, Mr. Henry. Just keep doing your job. <laughs> Just keep swimming. <laughs> what would be the worst thing that a wrestler could give a fan in terms of, like, as part of their costume? Oh, great question. Um, let me think. <laughs> I think... <laughs> okay. Gangrel uh, <laughs> spits blood directly into a kid's face. <laughs> Gangrel does not practice social distancing. Of course not, he's a vampire. No, of course not. I think that's got to be the worst. Gangrel, with his goblet of blood, takes a swig next to a kid, just full-on blasts it, gobs it his face. I would say Rikishi giving a kid a tight war in his previous match. <laughs> oh, no! He peels them off. <laughs> he holds them between his thumb and his forefinger and just <laughs> hands them to the, oh, just drapes them over the kid's shoulder <laughs> well it's uh <laughs> gee thanks I hate it <laughs> I, mean, I mean a kid's more than Jared at least he could draw flies hey <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think what else could what else could we add to 
uh, kids as they will. China could hand them the C-1000 <laughs> machine gun. <laughs> That'd be fun now, in the crowd. <laughs> now, now you be careful with this. <clears throat> Kid takes out 40 people. What if uh, Alexander York handed kids like <laughs> like type printer paper? Printouts. I'm <laughs> probably not telling them they're a failure. <laughs> yeah, that'd be lovely. That'd be lovely. That'd be great. That'd be great, actually. Or to have Marlena hand him a cigar. Yeah, let's get kids smoking. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's tell you when I'm over for life, you start them young. Razor Ramon just throws <clears throat> a toothpick straight into the kid's eye. <laughs> well, that'll, uh, I mean, that'll, it'll learn them. That'll teach him. That's right. <laughs> For what? I don't. I don't know, but it'll, it'll teach him. You know what? It doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Crime time gives you something they stole. Tickets <laughs> for, for uh, receiving stolen property. Amazing. <clears throat> Anyone out there that has any suggestions for for this sort of exercise? By all means, tweet them at us because we could use some laughs. <laughs>, <clears throat> so. Uh, after Duke gives his hat to the kid and therefore lice, Sean points out that that a Pamela Anderson will be joining the winner of the Rumble at WrestleMania, which kind of telegraphs the fact that Henry Godwin and Dick Murdoch are not winning the Royal Rumble. Oh, no, <laughs> not necessarily. I, w- I wish Dick had won as a rib. <laughs> I like the idea of Pamela going, I am walking out to the ring with Dick. Good I'm blinking. <laughs> Just did Henry blink dot gif. <laughs> anyway, Sean plugs the TV series Tech War with William Shatner. <laughs> Which reminds me, next week's role is going to be interesting. Oh, I was about to say we're, we're close to a, a, a Shatner encounter. Uh huh. We're about to have uh, TJ Hooker himself. Oh my god, this is a treat. Um, Captain Kirk, the host of Rescue 911. The show that was unintentionally funny in my childhood, even though it wasn't supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing says kids speaking to the kids like Shatner on your program. (laughs) William Shatner will be on Monday Night Roll next week, and by God, I can't wait because he's not the worst celebrity to ever appear on a show. I am excited. You should be excited. (laughs) So Shatner's going to be on a roll. I realized my I realized my notes. I spell I spell power slam wrong, but I don't care. <laughs> How do you spell it? I I got the W and the O backwards, so, so it's power slam. <laughs> power slam. He hit him with a power slam. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I may have had a stroke while I wrote that. Nice. So uh, it's just a basic match. It's more about like, hey, Shatner's going to be here, and Shatner has a show, and hey, we mentioned Shatner's going to be here, and well, uh, well. While Duke demolishes poor Mike Bell. I did like Duke's finish, the whole Tilwell poor slam. I didn't like that. Well, 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 first he did a regular poor slam, and then he did the Tilt World poor slam, which is the trash compactor. Yeah. So, it's a cool finish. It, 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 it's like a test. It's like a finish that Test would have in, in later years. Steph, I, I can't work the hydraulic pump. <laughs> Steph, I don't want to be a bin man. <laughs> Oh, Matthew, you'd be livid, me and you doing doing test jokes together. He'd be furious. Uh, he, he, he can sit on it. He can swivel, you're right. That's right. 
Love you, man. Now, this next bit, I have to say, this was an awesome vignette. What comes next? Yes! I'm glad you said so. <laughs> because we bag on a lot of gimmicks from 95, and for good reason. There's mm-hmm. a lot of bad ones. For a while, I considered the only two good gimmicks from that year to, to start that year as being Gold Dust and Whale of Mercy. I have to say, this this character here, based on this vignette, <clears throat> could have been awesome, but there were flaws to it. But those flaws were not evident in this vignette. We have a video <clears throat> for Kama. Now, Kama, for those of you who might not be aware, is the former Papa Shango and the future Godfather. This is Big Charles Wright, six feet seven inches tall, three hundred something pounds. He's just, he's basically he's a killing machine out of a video game, a la Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or Tekken. He's just, he's the supreme fighting machine, and here he is riding a motorcycle through the desert while talking in a voiceover about a. Uh, about just what a badass he is, how he how he's well the supreme fighting machine. He, he's unbeatable in any form of martial arts, and, and interspersed with these shots of him riding through the desert, we see him beating guys up in gyms, and the guy actually taps out in 1995 to a submission hold. <laughs> he just beats up a bunch of bums, kicks them in the head, puts them in complex holds, beats them down with his fists as he rides through the desert, no helmet on, of course, because he's a badass. And pretty soon, they'll be doing the same to everyone in the WWF. That was an awesome vignette. I liked it. Nothing good came after it. No, once once he got in the ring, it all went wrong. But the build mm. was was very special. Who would you have given this to, a to in the future? Like someone like Brock, maybe? This feels like something you would give to... I mean, wasn't... We had, like, Brock Lesnar. Wasn't Sylvester Turkai? Sort of in the early throes of a career at this point. Or am I thinking of the SmackDown podcast in 1999? I'd assume I might be. He would have been that era out in like the... Uh, Rick Bassman's UPW, I guess. Maybe he would have been in Japan, I'm not sure. But yeah, Turkai, I mean, he had the look for, for this sort of character. And of course the background. But Turkai I mean, would have been great. But I mean, there's so many MMA-based guys in the future that you could have given this gimmick to. And it would, and the in-ring part would have been great, but at least Kama looked, look, at least he looked suitable in the vignette. Like, 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 damn, this guy's gonna hurt you. Like, I ain't messing with this guy. I mean, if it, if we're Brock in the vignette, he'd be, he'd be riding a bull like Mongo in Blazing Saddles. Mm, that carrying, <laughs> that'd have been cool. Whilst carrying a, a beer keg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I ain't messing with that dude. <laughs> But the point being, for 1995, for how uncool this company is, this guy seems cool. He seems like he could turn things around. He seems like he'd be a game changer. And then you realize it's just Papa Shango with hair. <laughs> no disrespect, Charles Wright's a cool dude. Yeah, I agree, I agree. But they're building up this. They're building up something quite special here that isn't going to pay off. They, they act like they're giving us like Balrog or uh, or Sagat. From Street Fighter, but they're just giving us a guy who does basic moves and occasionally throws him an STF. That's really all it is. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, who besides Lesnar from from 
from today's WWE would you give this gimmick to? This vignette to, if you had to. Besides Lesnar. Besides Lesnar. From when? Sorry, from now or from like just across platform? Present day. From present, present day WWE. Who would I give this to? Let me have a little think around the roster. Babatunde, potentially. That'd be a big cycle. Um, Bobby Lashley. I don't know if you could pull off the vignette for the voiceover just yeah, because of uh, that's true. He, he, he has a very particular manner of speaking. He's a bit soft spoken. Uh, um, yes, but yes, very hard hitting. That is true. <laughs> In terms of people who are just sort of coming <clears throat> through, um, Matt Riddle, maybe? He's he's too laid back. He's too chill, isn't he? You need somebody who's just like, just like angry intensity. And will destroy you and your pets. I, I think I have one for. <clears throat> if you drop all the, all the hocus pocus from this character, Cross. Oh, but I quite like the hocus pocus from Cross's character. Oh, that's true. How about Priest? Damien Priest. Yes, that's a great shout. He even kind of does that kind of shtick at the moment, anyway. Kind of like, hey, I'm a, I'm a bit of a badass, but I also like a party. Yeah, but if, yeah, that's true. But if you focus more on the badass part, you can definitely pull that focus off. Focus more on the badass part, and you're and you're there, aren't you? Or you could only Lorcan. Nice no, to. Yeah, he's a bigger guy. He's a big beefy no. boy, don't you? And, and no offense to Oni there. Bronson Reed. He's a big boy. Big boy. He's a big boy. Now I think uh, I think. Damien Priest has got to be your guy. Hindsight being 2020, if you had debuted Corbin this way, even if he came in bald, he's still... He's I still think he should have come in bald. I think he should have, yeah. It's, I mean, first he had the skull, which looked bad. Now he looks like Caillou Willa, if, if he joined a gang or something. Nothing wrong with going bald, by the way. Like, it oh, happened, no, it, you know, go, you know, I, I, there's part of me that's sort of half braced for it. I mean, I'm very blessed with hair at the moment, but I know that there's people who I went to college with who have gone bald and they've not accepted it in the sense that they've still got those bits on the side. And I see pictures of them and I think, oh, if that were me, I'd just, woof, all gone. I just, I'd embrace it. I just go, we're going, we're going bald from now on, team. Now you're going to be like Bill Murray and Kingpin. Where the hair swings back up over the head while, you, while you're doing anything. <laughs> That's a hell of a look. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So after that really cool vignette that made me think, you know what? This might not be all bad after all. We have Rody prepping for Jared singing debut. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, right back to square one. He's doing the mic checks. He's making sure everything's in place. They're putting a lot of emphasis on the Rody here. I quite like this. Yeah, I like the Rody's the shtick. Well, yeah, I mean, he's good in it. He, he embraced the role. He's an Armstrong, so of course he's not going to suck. You know, he's definitely someone worth having around, but they just haven't found his real voice yet. But they would. Yeah. It would just t- it would just take a while. In time, we'll get there. We see some footage from the uh, tag title tournament. We see the Head Shrinkers defeating uh, Neidhart and Owen by DQ. And it, at this point, we say Bon Voyage Anvil. He is now gone from the company. Is that our last our last sighting of Jim Neidhart? For a couple. About a year and a half, yes. Ah, okay. Okay, we don't need to say retrospective just yet, then. No, because there's still a foundation to come. Ah, of course. Silly, silly me. Yeah, Nightheart apparently missed a bunch of dates after Christmas, and uh, they just cut him loose. Yeah, give him another year. Give him a year and a bit, and he'll be back. And, and oh, what a comeback he makes. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, who's that? That's who it is. (laughs) I'm excited. That will all make sense in a, a few years' time. You just wait. <laughs> Speaking of the Hart family, we have Owen on the King's Court. Owen is now working in the Royal Wave that uh, Batista popularized 20 years later. It suits him. Like the whole that, like just that faux royalty smarminess really fits nicely with Owen Hart. Yes, the insincerity. And speaking of insincerity, he, he works in a half-assed Happy New Year to everybody, which had to be surreal for the crowd because it was December 12th when he said this. Uh, he's still rejoicing over Brett losing the belt. And of course he is because he's, he's Owen and, and he's antagonistic. But he does have a scoop, however. And because uh, you see, Owen's talking about Brett's title history. Mentions he was tag team champion. Mentions he was intercontinental champion. Lola to that goes, he was? but that was pretty funny and, and of course he was WF champion he, he, he fulfilled the triple crown well Owen's big scoop is that he's going to win the world title and then retire as champion that's a weird scoop 
That is an odd scoop. Odd scoop indeed. It's mm. uh, it's almost like they were trying to get through this taping and just said, oh, and cut out and do a promo. Yeah, and he just and the thing is, like Owen's fine as a promo. He's great as a promo, but sometimes you get the odd impression that he's gone out there with three bullet points and he's padding for twenty minutes. You get that vibe sometimes, yeah. And this is one of those. Yeah, you, you only have so much to work with sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely in a, in a, in a bit of a reset post holidays here. So Owen's now in the Rumble match. We find out. Good. We need more talent. Although, don't hold your breath for his performance in this match. And I wrote, holy shit, this green screen table shot is amazing. We now have Monsoon and Sean at a desk with the crowd somehow behind them. And it appears like they're floating. It's just, oh, my gosh. It's be- it ages beautifully, does it not? <laughs> it's amazing. I feel like I'm watching like a lo- some sort of local telethon on like my local TV channels. <laughs> <laughs> and they've just figured out like... A 1981 TV graphics and stuff in, in, in 2008, and they're, and they're putting it on on TV like <laughs> I, 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 I can't I can't even properly put in the words this what the, the joy this made me feel seeing this. <laughs> it was it is brutal. Even for the time, it was brutal. It had to be. It just had to be. It didn't look great. You would surely there's a better way of doing this, like without having to. I I, I get that you want to give the impression that you're there and you're live and stuff. Could you not just throw like a like Joey Styles used to do it with a curtain behind him and it looked fine. It, we never questioned it. He was in Paul Heyman's mom's basement. Exactly, and it was fine. Like you could do I that. Think... I wouldn't be upset. And go upstairs and Mama Heyman makes some sandwiches. <laughs> oh, what a wholesome image that was of such a violent company. Makes the crew lunch. So what you're working on today, honey? Ah, oh, just some barbed wire death match from the other day. Ah, oh, that's lovely. Have <laughs> some have some cucumber sandwiches. Oh, Raven's gonna do a, some sort of misogynistic promo about how Beulah was a uh, you know unfaithful to him and all that. And like, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> so. uh Next week's show is it is the two year anniversary of Monday Night Raw, Tommy. Oh wow, mate! We've been doing this for two years. More than two years, really, because we've got all the watch-alongs and the that's true. And occasional uh, missed weeks because of I'm not doing it. I mean, I'm not doing it either. I'm, I'm not doing that hilarious time when I said I was going on holiday and you thought I was joking. <laughs> That was that uh-huh. was that was that was a time. That was a time. I forgot all about that. Oh, that was in in hindsight, it was funny when he was like, "I remember I was getting into the lift at Disneyland, and you went, Where are you ready when you are?'" I was like, "I'm on holiday, mate." He went, "I thought you were joking." I said, no, I'm, I'm in Disneyland. Oh, you're always so cheerful. I can't tell. <laughs> I'm definitely in Disney. I think I might have sent you a picture. There's Disneyland. I'm definitely here. <laughs> oh, what times we've had, mate. <laughs> here, here I am patronizing Donald. <laughs> Trump or duck? Either or. <laughs> so speaking of this anniversary show, we have two monumental historical matches for this show. And boy, are they doozies. For the Intercontinental title, Razor Ramon will defend the belt against Owen Hart. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. But in an even bigger match, because you we have to stack this show because it's the anniversary. 
in a tuxedo match, Harvey Whippleman will face Howard Finkel. Oh. And in the voiceover and they for this really match, built this up, didn't they? Yep. Todd gave much more gravitas to the latter. Because their priorities are definitely in order in this company. <laughs> oh, they really went for it, didn't they? They could just tell they were just having a laugh. Oh yeah, this is uh this is uh, this is the Bruce Pat funny thing that uh Cornette would often talk about. You can tell they were just rolling in the in the office when they, when when this thing was put together. <sighs> We've got it next week. And am I right in thinking that John Eiley wants to watch this one with us? Uh, yes, we're um uh. he wanna do it. He was keen to rejoin us, so we said, hey, join us for the two-year anniversary show, and that sucker. Hell yeah! John Eiley, we got you back, baby. John Eiley next week on the Cold Tonic Classic Raw Review. Photoshop John Eiley back with us for what what anniversary show as well. Fink versus Harv. Yep. That's a thing that's happening. Are you excited? Mate, I am giddy (laughs) with excitement. Yeah, that's the word for it. <laughs> Speaking of excitement, Jeff Jarrett's in action. He's taking on Buck Quartermain, who, who, I, who I actually am happy to see. Underrated enhancement talent. <laughs> With a great name, too. Buck Quartermain's a brilliant... Yeah, I I feel like he floats around quite a bit, does Brock. Does, uh, does Buck Quartermain. Did you say Brock Quartermain? Brock Quartermain. That's, a, that's somebody else, isn't it? That's a real person, isn't it, Brock Quartermain? My client, Brock Quartermain. I thought he was a real person. I might be wrong. I'm very wrong. But Quartermain's a real person, not Brock Quartermain. I, I learned that Jarrett actually faced Quartermain in a jobber match at an impact taping in 2006. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Jarrett has been Quartermain in squashes in two different companies. That must be a, a decade apart. I wonder how many of the stats you've got like that. Well, I... Well, the thing is, I was looking up because Quartermain, I knew was a jobber in TNA in the, in the early days of Impact. I looked up, a, I think it was like a six-man tag or something. It's like, oh, my God. He did face Jerry in Impact. Hang on, let me find it real fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, let me know. Buck, Quartermain, go to Cage Match. Cage Match is the best archive in the world. You get pretty much everything on there. It's just a font of wrestling Results and information. It's good like that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. Quick, guess Quartermain wrestled a lot in Florida in the mid-2000s. <clears throat> ah, here we go. An eight-man tag that took place at the at the February 20, 2006 Impact tapings. Jarrett teamed with Abyss and America's Most Wanted to defeat Listen to the Stream Team. Buck Quartermain, Cassidy Riley, Sharkboy, and Norman Smiley. Jeez. This was a match that apparently took place. That sounds that, like a star-loaded experience. That's, that, that is amazing. I, I almost don't even know how to diagram that sentence. <laughs> he was also in a six-man tag months earlier where he teamed with future All-Japan Triple Crown Champion Joe Daring. And a man named John Bolin to lose to the Naturals and Lance Hoyt, a.k.a. Lance Archer. Oh, nice. What a lovely little footnote. 
And in, in addition, how, how, how about this oddball match? He, he teamed with Kenny King, yes, that Kenny King, to lose to the James gang, BG James and Kip James, a.k.a. the New Age Outlaws. What? Impact. We got to do some Impact stuff from like 2005, 2006, because this is just surreal. <laughs> I think like, we need to. I think we need to. You might gain some retroactive appreciation for this company. <laughs> so Sean, so we start with, so we got Jarrett Quartermain here. Sean and Monsoon kind, kind of sort of right Nightheart out, just sort of verbally put him out the pasture. We learned that Brett's coming back next week. It's a nice little match here between Jarrett and Quartermain because Jarrett's very given to his, to his opponents, even if they are enhancement talents. Quartermain's getting some stuff in as I realized that his boots don't match. They not. I never spotted that. I did because I'm weird like that. <laughs> <clears throat> I noticed he was surprisingly dominant. He usually gives the job as a little bit more. Well, I mean, Jared's he's gunning for the Intercontinental belt in three weeks. You know, he has to take control of his opponents at some point. Yeah. It's like, Jeff, we're, we're putting the belt on in three weeks. Spoiler. We're putting the belt on in three weeks. You have to gobble up quarter, mate. <laughs> you're not the honky-tonk man. Stop it. I mean, it was always very kind that he, he did put a lot of love into those enhancement matches. Oh, sure. And that's to his credit. <laughs> but at some point, you just got to guzzle the guy up. Monster works in the external occipital protuberance, making me very happy. <laughs> and in the funniest moment of the show, Sean talks about how nobody in the company parties crazily in regards to New Year's Eve. Nobody in the WWF is known for excessively partying. Whatever. Sean said, Sean said this with a straight face. <laughs> that is possibly the greatest lie ever told in wrestling. Huh. Other than I'll pay you next week. <laughs> if that weren't enough, I howled even more at this next part when Jared starts doing the strut. Now, what is Jared strut known as? Oh, I don't think it had a name. Oh, is it not? Or, or does it? I'm thinking of strutting well, and cutting, which is Brutus Beefcake strut. Right, but the strut was invented by somebody. Somebody from the, from the Nashville area. It's, it, it's the name of a Coen Brothers movie, this man's last name. Um, oh, gosh. I need another clue. It, it would be the Fargo strut. Oh, by Jackie Fargo. Correct. Oh. So he's doing the Fargo strut, which it's not called the Fargo strut here because in this company they have their own set of rules. But he's doing the Fargo strut. Monsoon is a gas at Jerry. He says, he stole that from Buddy Rogers. <laughs> I I mean, most of the crowd watching at that time wouldn't really understood why that's wrong. But now that look at it, I'm like, <laughs> Buddy Rogers invented the Fargo strut. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Nice little nod. Like that a lot. Monsoon Mac is Jarrett stalling. Even he wants his match to be over. Jarrett gets superplex, applies a figure four, and he wins. There you go. Done, done, done. Meanwhile, Al comes ready with a guitar because we're going to have some singing. Are you ready for this little mini concert there, Tommy? I'm I'm excited for it. Like this is this feels like something that's been built for a while. At least there's some like storyline progression for a thing. 
Well, the problem is this is this is the Emelina of singing. Oh, well, it's a girl, because, a girl uh, that knocked me, a girl that knocked me back in college of singing. You knew a girl, Emelina. I did know a girl called Emelina. She knocked really? me back. She knocked me back in college. Wanted just to be friends. Is, is her real name Tanil? No, it's her name is Yuka. Lely. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? Her name is Yuka. <laughs> what are you going on about? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you about this girl that knocked me back in college. I'm talking about Emelina the wrestler. <laughs> I'm talking about her and I'm talking about Luca. Her name well, is Luca. She lived on the second floor. She lived upstairs from you. I think you've seen her before. What the hell are you talking about? If you hear something late at night, don't ask her what it was. Okay, it's a song that I don't know, apparently. <laughs> I'm quoting Suzanne Vega. That's why I don't know it. <laughs> one person got that, and that one person is my new best friend. <laughs> it is Pablo. He flipping loves Suzanne Vega. Mind you, he probably knows Suzanne Vega because on uh, more than one occasion, I've caught myself walking up to him going, your name is Pablo. You are a Cato. So I'm pretty sure he's a fan of Suzanne Vega as a result of that. Or he just hates you more. He might just hate me more. That's <laughs> more than more than possible. Cats have a hard time hiding their spite. They really do, don't they? They're buggers like that. Well, speaking of spite, we have Jarrett singing. Yay! <clears throat> so Jarrett's getting ready, Brody setting everything up. This is supposed to be a, a, a big moment. This is like a, <clears throat> you know, the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, except not. Uh, well, first the mic is not in working order, and Jarrett's getting flustered, and then the mic stand falls over, and then he gets pissed because there's no spotlight, and everything's just going wrong. And then Monsoon says, where's Kevin Dunn when you need him? <laughs> yeah, 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 good point. Where's the camera cuts? And then, sorry, go on. No, no, I, I was going to say, uh, Kevin Dunn wasn't as prolific for camera cuts at this point. I feel like that maybe that button wasn't as fast acting as it is these days. Well, given their technology at the time, Fredis didn't have one. That's true. There is that too. <laughs> and then, uh, and then there's ear, ear piercing feedback, so Jared just leaves because that's what happens. And it's coming when you receive feedback, you just ignore it. <laughs> and of course, no song. All that for naught. I that was the like I and I'm not against the idea that there's no song. It's pretty heelish the fact that nothing happens. It's a pretty heelish thing to have a, a, to tease a concert that doesn't happen. Well, another thing. That, well, I get that, but here's another school of thought. Mm-hmm. If the song doesn't happen, are you annoyed that it didn't happen? Are you tuning in to see the song in the first place? I'm not because they, they didn't announce it until the start of the show. And if it had been something that they, they used to plug the following week, maybe you'd be a bit annoyed. Yeah, so it, it isn't the Emelina thing. It's not even the Brodus Clay debut from nine years ago. Mm. But they just keep putting it off week after week. It's not even a running gag. It's just, hey, we need to fill, fill time during Christmas. Let's have Jared faint singing but whatever I'm, I'm not uh, I should get to this next segment because I'm so happy that this happened 
most important person who will appear on Raw this year appears on this show and only this show. And sadly enough, it occurs 24 years to the day before he passed away. A true genius, a true comedic genius, a very funny man, Super Dave Osborne. Now, I have uh, like a, a history of Dave Osborne, but I don't know Dave Osborne. You do. So I feel like you should be the one to educate those of us in the UK and around the world who may not be familiar with Super Dave Osborne. There was a guy who did the kind of thing that he did in the UK around the same time. And it was a guy that was played by a comedian called Freddie Starr, and he played a character called Dangerous Brian. And it sounds like a similar shtick to Super Dave Osborne, but on a smaller mm-hmm. scale. So talk to us about Super Dave Osborne. Well, Super Dave Osborne is the real-life brother of Albert Brooks, who, who a, lot of our, a lot of art listeners would know as the voice of many Simpsons characters, including Hank Scorpio. Uh, Super Dave Osborne, uh, well, first the man behind the character, also played uh, Marty Funkhauser on Curb Your Enthusiasm. So if you've seen that, you know he's hilarious. He, um, Super Dave Osborne was a stuntman. His shtick was that he was very stoic and presented himself as a role model for children. Like he, like he was super serious about about being a role model, but in his in his portrayal, the humor came from the fact that he wasn't really sincere. He wasn't actually a people person. He was kind of dickish to like his assistant, but he was also uh also also put up, also put on that sort of gregarious uh. You know, persona around people like, like, hey, I'm a hero. And it's like, 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 I take this very seriously. You know, I'm a professional. But, the, but of course, the big gag was always that the stunt always went wrong. Whatever he did, he always ended up severely mangled. You know, things that should put, should kill a normal person if this was real life. Something always went wrong. In the, and of course, you know, that's 80 percent of the humor of any Super Dave bit. The other is just his interaction with normal people. And just his disdain toward uh, pretty much everything, really, because he can't fully hide. But Super Dave is getting a show on USA at this point. And he's doing a little drop-in interview with uh, Monsoon and Sean, which is the surrealometer has gone beyond a thousand here. This is actually happening in 1995. What a time. What a, what a time. <laughs> so it, it's this new show that he's doing in Vegas, apparently. He's... He's in full Super Dave character where he's just stoic and sort of averse to the human conversation. We get some footage from the show. I'm happy to see Mike Walden, the host, because he's a big part of Super Dave's uh, motif. You know, the friendly, gregarious TV host, sportscaster. He was there for all the stunts, pretty much. We see a clip of one of his bodyguards punching an agent during a, a segment. He's just talking about the show in general. And, of course, we have to have a clip of him... Uh, getting hurt somehow it's it's the super dave um way she was in parachuting into this big premiere and he flies through the glass front window of of of, 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 of like the civic center and of course you know he's he gets out of it mostly in one piece but he should have died obviously in this in, in this sort of stunt it was totally random to be on the show but i was happy to see it yeah but there's there's been worse and more out of out of uh out of, the, out of the unusual cameos on Raw over the last two mm-hmm. years, like Super Dave Osborne isn't isn't out of place in comparison to some others. It's also the best pump somebody took on the show. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> do you not do you not think that he looks and sounds a bit like John Laurinaitis? 
Yes, he does. The, the, yeah. Like, for years, like, for years, I, I called Laronitis Funkhauser for that very reason. <laughs> that makes sense now. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, and they even look alike, too, which is even eerier. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? It's a very, I, I initially, like, not having no knowledge really of Super Dave Osborne before this show, when the camera came on and I saw the guy in there with all the gear, I genuinely thought it was John Laurinaitis. <laughs> I little remember I go, oh, t- t- did Johnny Ace do a bit here? Okay, I mean, that's not what, ah, oh, it's not him, okay. I come here from old Japan, <laughs> we're wearing a, wearing a white bodysuit and a baseball cap. <laughs> uh, John, can I get Road Warrior Dave Osborne? <laughs> <laughs> People power. <laughs> what a rush to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> some recommended viewing go on youtube and look up super dave osborne david letterman there are entire reels of, of his appearances on letterman through the years of him promoting his, his various stunts from his different shows or even just super dave just bits in general where he's uh you know, trying out new equipment or just doing haphazard stunts that re- result in what should be a, a fiery bloody death all of them are hilarious. Mm. All of them are. It's a good time. And for those, of, and for some not safe for work uh, video, I'll, I'll warn you that there's some language in there. But if, for a very not safe for work one, on Curb Enthusiasm, he had the funniest moment in the history of the show when he made Jerry Seinfeld laugh legitimately at a very vulgar joke. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you ever know about this, but uh, I'm going to talk about this in the, 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 the friggin' next match. But, um, it was a bit where they were doing – they did a whole season on Curb where they were doing like a Seinfeld reunion show. Like the entire season threaded around like this one plot point. And Funkhauser, Super Dave's character on the show, was like was like Larry David's moocher friend who was like, who was, like very idiosyncratic. And he and he's there for like this table read with Seinfeld and Larry David. And so, he's, so he has an interaction with Seinfeld and Larry David just wants to you know, get him the hell out of there because he's a distraction. But he wants to tell Seinfeld a joke. And Seinfeld's very polite. He obliges him. And um, I'm not going to do the joke here because it is very vulgar. <laughs> but the thing is, Seinfeld didn't know what joke he was going to tell in real life. He just picked one with the, with the intent of making Seinfeld laugh. And he got to the punchline, which is, who? Oh, it's a doozy. And Seinfeld bust out laughing. And they had to edit it down from like five minutes of him just laughing nonstop because he was he did not see it coming. He was doubled over. Oh, nice. I love watching stuff like that. And it is it is beautiful. And Larry David somehow was like, I think he had to bite his cheek just to hold it together because it was, he holds it together, but not by much. And in the scene, he's supposed to be annoyed at, at Super Dave anyway, so he would have he would have blown it if he uh, had busted out. Thank God he held up. Amazing. You just don't watch that with um sensitive people present. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Open-minded folk only apply. <laughs> yes. So now that that's done, let's get to this last piece of crap. <laughs> you, you see, Luger Tatanka versus Big. I wrote Luger Tatanka versus Big Tatanka because that's how much I cared. It's Luger and Bulldog versus Big Tatanka in a rematch from earlier. Joined in progress, no entrances. We just get right into it. We're in a rest hole when this thing starts. What a weird show this is! It's such a weird show. Jared doesn't sing. Super Dave shows up. We get a match twice. This is – we're off to a great start for 95. Sean points out that Luger has always been lethargic. Sean doesn't like Luger. 
He's really very anti-Luger. Was there heat between them or not? <laughs> Might have been. I don't know. <laughs> Might have been something. Sean says 95 uh, isn't, isn't going to be that. Sean says 95 is not going to be that bright for Luger. <laughs> Apparently Sean is like Dave Meltzer, not, not seeing the future. <laughs> he says Luger's already been exposed for his lack of talent. Jeez. Shooing the guy. Is Sean Oliver sitting next to him and they're doing a video? What's going on here? Is it like Timeline 95? Gosh. So, Bigelow hits the falling headbutts. Even the crowd sweetener fell asleep. Or they loaned it to the NFL for use this week. <laughs> we get a commercial break during this match. This match. Uh, we come back. Sean says the match has been going on forever. He's probably right. Monsoon says Luger's been carrying 85% of this match. I don't think it means what you think it means. It's uh, He's certainly very kind about the percentage. Well, what carrying? Like, like he's, I mean, he means it in the sense that Luger's been in the ring the whole time taking the beating. But it's, we think carrying is something else, obviously. Mm. No one's carrying this match. It's just sitting there. So Luger gets the alleged hot tag. Despite both men holding his feet, that was kind of a cool spot, actually. Bulldog livens things up a little bit. He cleans house for a little while. It, it, it's almost the same formula as the as the first go around. And then we get the big heel miscommunication spot. Tatanka collides with Bigelow on the apron. Bigelow falls off. Tatanka's stunned. Bulldog pins him after that. No other move. Not a clothesline. Not a slam. Just he hits Bigelow, falls down, and gets pinned. They use all the clotheslines in the previous match. That's the problem. I guess the meter ran out. They fulfilled their quota. Apparently. Afterwards, Tatibiasi yells at Bigelow and Tatanka for bumbling. As we can see, the basketball backboards are folded up for this show because this is the high school gymnasium. And it's just, it really is a sign of uh, 95 to come. They had a there's there's potential here for as Bam Bam Bigelow as a top baby face, maybe in a main event for a major pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, but it's um we're sure going about it in a funny way. <laughs> we really are, aren't we? <laughs> and that was the first roll of 95 as we get one last plug in for next week's anniversary show, which at least sounds a little more promising. Should have a little more life behind it. And in fact, isn't a much better building. I will say that much. Which building are we in next week? Hang on, let me verify this. Because I, I, I know this city. I'm just going to make sure it's the right building. It's definitely bigger than, well, this flat and shite hole we have here. <laughs> flat and uh, <yeah>. shite hole. <laughs> <laughs> How else would you describe it? Oh, no, there's no other way to describe it. It's, it's perfectly descriptive. It's, uh... They're at the summit in Houston, Texas. Oh, wow. The, fir the first Raw taping, not only in, in Houston, but I believe outside the Eastern time zone. Well, I am excited for it. <laughs> My body is ready for it. It's uh, It'll definitely feel a lot bigger. And with Shatner there, how could it not? It always feels bigger inside. That's what she says. So well, it's it is Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. 
They say that as well, don't they? So there you go. Off we go to 1995. Justin, are you excited? Excellent. Me neither. Next week, the Raw anniversary special. It is the second anniversary of Monday Night Raw. Me and Justin will be here along with the king of Photoshop, the Sultan of Paint Shop Pro, John Eiley, uh, will be joining us for the special two anniversary of Monday Night Raw. I am pumped for it, as is Justin Henry. And until we are together again, he is at JRH Writing. I am at Tom Campbell. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. We will speak to you next week. Don't forget to join us. (gasps) So are you sure John Laurinaitis isn't Super Dave Osborne? Because I think he might have been. Love you, bye. 